2: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: The defending
3: NBA champs came home trailing two games to none against the Kings. Now the series shifts back to Sacramento, all tied up. Can the young Kings get back in the fight against the Warriors? Also, the Knicks have complete control of their series after a weekend at Madison Square Garden. And could there be an early surprise in the NFL Draft? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
3: The Sacramento Kings came to the Bay Area up 2-0 in their Western Conference Series with the Golden State Warriors. They will leave with the series all square at 2 apiece, 126-125. On Sunday afternoon, the Golden State Warriors survived. Harrison Barnes had a three late that would have won it, and it went begging. Matt George from Locked On Kings joins me now. And Matt, uh, Warriors fans, it would have been easy for them to say, look, we're a different team at home. I don't know. These games feel pretty similar in terms of what we saw the first two versus the second two. What changed that changed the outcome?
4: Well, first off, game three was uh, abnormal compared to the first three in the sense that. Uh, one, it was a, a not a blowout, but it was a, a wide uh, margin of victory, a comfortable margin of victory for the Golden State Warriors. And, and two, the Sacramento Kings lost a lot of the battles that I call in the trenches of the box score, things like uh, way too many second-chance uh, opportunities and, uh, and offensive rebounds, too many points off of turnovers, allowing uh, Warriors role players like Dante DiVincenzo and Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga uh, to really beat you up and, and hurt you. So uh, compare that to this game where... Game four, for the first time, I think we saw the offensive uh, capabilities of both teams and still not on full display. Like, finally, we got two teams that were known for their offense coming into this series. Both have offensive explosion type games. It just so happened that the Golden State Warriors happened to hit one more bucket uh, than the, uh, the Sacramento Kings did in order to, to pull out this game. So, I mean, if nothing else... What an incredibly entertaining series it's been. Uh, I I came into this series predicting it to go uh, seven games or minimum six games. It's now definitely going to go at least six games. Ah, uh, the home team has been the the victor every single time so far in this series. The Kings need that trend to continue in Game Five and not give the champs a chance to shut things down and 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 clinch on their home floor in Game Six. Uh, but either way, this has been an absolute war between these two NorCal teams, and I know fans, not just in California, but hopefully around the NBA, are are taking appreciation for not just the quality of basketball, but especially. How well the Sacramento Kings are playing, how hard they're making the defending champs work, and that the Kings absolutely belong on this stage. I mean, I will speak as a
3: as an observer with with no skin in the game. I have absolutely loved this series; it has been a blast to watch. If if you had asked me uh, what what I thought the Kings needed to do to create some separation here, it would be to make more threes. They, they were getting good looks the first three games and not hitting them consistently. They shot forty percent in this game, fourteen of thirty five. Uh, actually hit the same number of threes as the Warriors and still were not able to pull it out. So how can they find that separation? Where is that marginal advantage that they can tug on to to
4: take the 3-2 lead in Sacramento? Well, the Kings won, in particular, Game 2 off the backs of their defense. And this team has a tendency to, at times, especially at home, uh, but on the road as well, when their offense is flowing, defensively, sometimes they take a step back or they take a play or two off because They believe that their offense is just going to carry them through. The Kings absolutely could have been better defensively tonight, but also at the same time, look, for the first time in the series, the Golden State Warriors were also making shots. Uh, And and you expect that uh, from as potent of a Warrior offense. What I appreciate about the Sacramento Kings in this game is they won the offensive rebound battle. They won the points off of turnovers battle. They didn't allow other Warriors play. Like the Warriors bench scored 20 points total, and Draymond Green had 12 of them because he came off the bench in tonight's game. So the Kings did a really, really good job correcting mistakes that they made in game three it just so happened that both teams got into a shootout and the defending champions with a guy named Steph Curry ended up winning it
3: yeah what what do you think the Kings can do to get Demonis Sabonis more involved as a scorer because he's, he's been really held in check in this series 14 points 15 points 12 points and then had the 124 point game in game three how do they get him going a little bit
4: yeah, it's a, a, a riddle that they're trying to figure out and unwrap a little bit. And I'll be honest with you. I came into this series saying that I didn't think the Golden State Warriors had any answer, period, uh, for DeMontis Sabonis. And, and I, I um, willingly admit that I disrespected Kavon Looney uh, and what he brings to the table. Kavon Looney has been absolutely superb uh, in this game He's doing, or in this series thus far. He's doing everything that he can, as is Draymond Green, to make... DeMont Sabonis work as hard as possible. The Warriors have an excellent game plan to where they're daring Sabonis to shoot anywhere above uh, the free throw line. And for the most part, that gamble has paid off for them. Uh, They're not allowing him to establish his rhythm and they're being very physical with DHOs and things like that, dribble handoffs, um, so that the Kings can't necessarily execute their offensive flow that they want through Sabonis like they've done so effectively uh, throughout the course of the regular season. So what can the Kings do to unlocked Demonte Savonis. I think it's more of what they did today in the sense of spacing the floor, hitting outside shots, and bringing some of the attention off him. Stay up to date all year on the Sacramento Kings by subscribing to Locked
3: On Sports Today and Locked On Kings on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, the Knicks are holding all the cards. Before we get to that, the Celtics are one win away from moving on. The NBA playoffs rage on and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line, the point spreads, to which team will be winning the NBA title. Or you can check out the Lakers and Grizz tonight. LeBron and company looking To go three games to one up on Memphis, FanDuel has the Lakers favored by four and a half over the Grizzlies. You can do all of this on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
3: The Boston Celtics are in complete control of the Atlanta Hawks.
2: It wasn't easy,
0: but the Boston Celtics get that three-one series lead with that Game Four win in Atlanta. I'm John Corrales of the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, and the key to this game was the rebounding. The Celtics getting forty-nine to forty-two advantage over the Hawks, and Robert Williams was just a monster in there. Joe Missoula didn't go double big in Game Three, and it cost the Celtics. In this one, he went double big a lot more often and it paid off. Robert Williams, the 15 rebounds, three offensive rebounds. He saved a couple of clutch possessions down the stretch. Found Jalen Brown for a three-pointer that basically sealed this thing. Brown and Tatum, 31 points apiece. Brown was one of seven with the mask on. Then all of a sudden, he took the mask off, and he was 11 of 15 after that. So uh, three of four from three, he did everything he needed to do. The Celtics, my favorite stat, zero points from Al Horford, team high plus 17.
3: The Minnesota Timberwolves needed a win to avoid being swept by the Denver Nuggets. It wasn't pretty, and in fact, at
5: times, it was almost historically ugly, but the Minnesota Timberwolves forced a Game 5 back in Denver on Tuesday night. I'm Ben Beacon, host of the Lockdown Wolves podcast. The Minnesota Timberwolves were back and forth with Denver throughout the game. They were down for halftime. They took a, a small lead going to the fourth quarter. The Timberwolves built a 12-point lead with 2 minutes and 50 seconds to play in the game, but Denver scored the last 12 points of regulation in an epic Wolves collapse. Minnesota entered overtime with a timeout in their pocket, and what can only be described at the end of regulation as a questionable stretch of coaching from Chris Finch. The Nuggets, or the Wolves, again, led by seven with about a minute and a half to go in overtime. The Nuggets got to within one before Anthony Edwards stepped back dagger three over Aaron Gordon, gave the Wolves a four-point lead. They ended up winning by six. Uh, this was a huge, huge win despite that terrible collapse at the end. Ants had 34 in this game. Carlton Towns had a double-double but fouled out in overtime. We're going to break it all down on Lockdown Wolves. Subscribe to
3: Lockdown Wolves. Yadis Antetokounmpo's status for Game 4 is a mystery. The Milwaukee Bucks superstar participated in individual drills on the court in Miami Sunday afternoon, but Bucks coach Mike Budenholzer did not offer any further details as to his status. Untetecumbo missed the past two games with the lower back contusion, which has limited him to 11 total minutes in the series. He has not played since April 16th. The Bucks enter Monday night's game against the Heat, trailing two games to 1. Miami's the 8th seed. Not great. Memphis Grizzlies forward Dylan Brooks will not face suspension after being ejected for striking LeBron James in the groin during the Game 3 loss to the Lakers on Sunday. Despite being exonerated, well, sort of, Brooks believes the perception of him as a villain factored into him being called for a flagrant two and getting ejected early in the third quarter. Brooks, who declined to comment after the game, explained after Sunday's practice that his left hand striking LeBron James' groin was... An accident. Mm-hmm. Yep, we believe you, definitely, for sure. He was attempting to steal the ball while a Lakers star dribbled up the court. Brooks said he never received an explanation from referee Mark Davis, the crew chief. The media is making me a villain, he said. The fans are making me a villain, and then that just creates a whole different persona on me, Brooks said, having cultivated his own villainous imagery and persona for the last, I don't know, two, three years. Guy acts like the villain, wants to be in villain, embraces the villain role, and then complains when people say, hey, look, the villain. And in playoff hockey, the Minnesota Wild dropped a game at
1: home and are now tied with the Dallas Stars. At the end of the day, you can't leave eight odd man rush or breakaway opportunities on the table as Dallas ties up the series. Hey everybody, Seth Topol, host of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Recapping a 3-2 loss for the Minnesota Wild in Game 4 You tie the series at 2-2. We knew Dallas was going to come out with some urgency in this one. The Wild actually handled it well. Uh, the game was scoreless up until a uh, power play goal in the second by Tyler Sagan to make it 1-0. The Wild did respond after falling behind 2-0 as John Klingberg gets a goal. But then another Sagan goal makes it 3-1 stars. After Freddie Goudreau scores 3-2, the Wild unable to get any additional opportunities, we head to Dallas with a 2-2 score. For more on the Minnesota Wilds, make sure you're following Lockdown Wild wherever you listen to your podcasts.
3: Here is another story you need to know. Meaningful games are back at Madison Square Garden and so are the New York Knicks. They take a commanding. 3-1 3-1 series lead with a 102-93 win on Sunday afternoon. Gavin Shaw from Knockdown On Knicks joins me now. And Gavin, this is a Knicks team that has won these games that have looked like 90s Knicks games in a lot of ways because they're winning, shooting 28% from three, but they're winning with hustle. They're winning with toughness. How are they able to do that against a team that really all season won in a lot of the same ways?
6: Yeah, I, it's funny. We, we just finished recording our podcast. I said literally the same thing. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to their offensive rebounding and uh, three of these four games now uh, controlling that aspect of the game. In this game, finishing with 17. Cleveland only had seven of them, um, and that's that's a big-time credit to Mitchell Robinson, who had seven in this game, the best offensive rebounder in the NBA all season long, uh, had maybe the best half of his career in the first half of this game and was really solid in the second as well. Obi Toppin uh, playing with Julius Randle struggling, collecting five. But I was really concerned, Peter, coming into this game with Al Quinton Grimes, who hasn't shot the ball well, but at the very least is a threat for the New York Knicks. They've been 10 points better per 100 possessions this series when he's on the floor. The way they were able to compensate for that is with Jalen Brunson cooking in isolation, Tom Thibodeau getting creative about how he's getting R.J. Barrett going towards the basket. And I guess maybe the conjunction of those two. Brunson taking a lot of double teams traps down the stretch, getting the ball out quickly and with composure and allowing guys like RJ Barrett to just feast going downhill um, or Josh Hart in those situations because Brunson gets in the ball and it's a four on three from there and big time shout out to RJ playing some of the best ball of his career and playing extremely unselfishly right now.
3: Yeah. You mentioned Julius Randall here. If I had told you before the game three for 10 with seven points and two rebounds, I don't know. You probably would have thought the Knicks would have lost, right? But they got that performance from RJ Barrett, 26 points on nine of 18 shooting. He took 13 free throw attempts attacking in ways that we hadn't seen him. What was, what was different for him in this one?
6: Um, I think it was the, the conjunction of him being aggressive, but under control because typically with RJ, um, he, he's, he's not a guy who ever loses confidence, right? I don't, I don't, I don't really think he ever really feels fear, uh, but sometimes you want him to feel a little fear because he's taking, <laughs> crazy running floaters over Evan Mobley with his uh, 20 feet long monster style arms. And you're like, RJ, no, not a good shot. But um, he, he was so under control and and just methodical like dissecting Karis LeVert early in this game and his ability over the course of the series with with the exception of game two, where he was was pretty terrible um, to get paint touches and then just spray the ball out. Basketball should be really simple for RJ Barrett. He's great getting downhill. He's great at drawing a second defender. The only thing he has to do is pass the ball in those situations. This game, he did that, but then he mixed in some really nice finishes, beating Jared Allen to the cup, beating Evan Moby to the cup. And and again, it's a credit to Jalen Brunson's gravity that he didn't have both those guys at the rim. And that generally, by the time they got there to contest RJ, instead of having to take a floater or a turnaround over those guys, he was already at the basket, already able to finish, but he was opportunistic, he was composed, and he was very selective about when he took
3: shots and how he took them. For most of the season, this Cleveland Cavaliers team was the best defensive team in basketball with Jarrett Allen and Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley getting defensive player of the year votes. But for my money, the best big in this series defensively has been Mitchell Robinson. What what have they been able to do the Knicks have in this game? I mean, we're talking about multiple games under 100 now. This has been really a dominant performance for the Knicks defense.
6: Yeah, um, it it starts with Mitch, right? His ability to not only protect the rim, but I I think the biggest thing that he does, Peter, is guarding two in the pick and roll by himself. He, hmm. he cuts off the pass. He keeps one hand low, keeps the other hand high. He had a great quote about it to Fred Katz of the athletic the other day. Um, and and he's, he's been so patient in this series saying, look, I'm, I'm going to dare you to shoot. I'm going to dare you to shoot. And then the second a guy goes up, he's able to cover a lot of ground, can block shots with both hands and is able to get a piece of it. Isaiah Hardenstein. There's almost no drop off when he comes into the game. Um, yeah. he, had, he had a steal and a block um, and help defense after he switched off Jared Allen, like stopped him
3: twice has been great rebounding the basketball um, and then the con- connectivity on the perimeter. Stay up to date all year on the New York Knicks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Knicks on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, there's a very early surprise in the first round of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft. So we all know ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But there's something you might not know. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. If you're like me you've run out of stuff to watch on netflix and this will change your world metaphorically literally i don't know the correct usage this whole week you could be using expressvpn to binge the office on uk netflix and it's really easy to use just fire up expressvpn change your location to the uk refresh netflix and that's it expressvpn lets you control where you want sites to think you're located you can choose from almost 100 different countries so just imagine all the netflix libraries you can go through but it's not just netflix expressvpn works with any streaming service hulu bbc iplayer youtube you name it there are hundreds of vpns out there but the reason i love expressvpn is because it's ridiculously fast never any buffering or lag and you can stream in hd no problem I, i've never had any issues with it i have it on my phone and my computer and i could put it even more places i could put it on my console i can put it on my smart tv I can, I can watch whatever I want on the big screen or on the go. So if you want access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked right now, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked, expressvpn.com slash locked to learn more.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
3: This could be a crazy year for quarterbacks in the early first round. Once you get to number six, though, the Lions aren't necessarily looking for a signal caller. Locked on Lions host Matt Derry made an interesting choice for the Lions in this spot during our Locked on NFL mock draft special.
7: With a number six pick in the Locked on Podcast Network NFL draft, the Detroit Lions select Kalijah Cansey, interior defensive lineman, From the University of Pittsburgh, Cansey is just a monster and and really a disruptor in the middle. It's something that fits the mold with his high motor and with his effort and just his aggressiveness on the interior of Brad Holmes and head coach Dan Campbell for the Lions. Remember, it was many years ago that the Lions passed on the undersized Aaron Donald out of Pitt to take Eric Ebron. They won't pass on Cansey, Bit of a surprise for some people that they take him at number six, but Kalijah Cansey. Fitting in need for the Lions on the interior of that defensive line is a three-technique, and an interior defensive lineman is now headed to Detroit to play alongside Aleem McNeil, Isaiah Bugs, and those guys with the Lions. Kalijah Kansi at number six to Detroit. Woo, okay, did not see that one coming. Kalaja Kansi out of pit at
3: number six. And you can see why Matt Derry, if he loves Kansi, he wanted to trade down in the draft and maybe get him a little bit later where most people project him. Matt, you are from the area. You've seen
7: a lot of pit football. What do you think of Kalaja Kansi? Is he the next Aaron Donald? Uh, no, no, he's not. <laughs> I, mean, I think Aaron Donald's the best defensive player I've probably ever seen. Um, so that's not fair. You know, poor guy an underside D tackle from pit where I spent three years on the staff. So trust me, I am rooting for Mr. Canty. I would not consider him in the first half of the first round, period. I mean, he's undersized. But the thing people don't talk about him is he has very short arms, too. I mean, he wins with quickness, leverage. And there is a role for him, but it's not in every down role. And he's very different than the defensive tackles the Lions have now. Keith mentioned this earlier. This should be a very defensive heavy draft for the Lions, and they have a lot of draft capital. This is just too early for this player for me.
3: Look, I'm not going to say anything bad about the Lions right now. If they make a crazy pick, I'll kind of just assume it's a smart decision because they have done such a good job there with Brad Holmes at GM and Dan Campbell at head coach. And those decisions, by the way, were also, it looks like, good ones. They've done such a good job with this rebuild that... I guess I'll just assume I'm wrong and they're right. And as someone who covers the Packers, that is a weird place to be with the Detroit Lions. This has been one of the most incompetent franchises for like my whole life, basically. Since I've been a human being, since I've been alive, they have been one of the most reliably bag-fumbling franchises in pro sports. And that they are, really doing a great job with this, it kind of turned my world upside down. So I I have nothing to say. I have nothing to add. No criticisms. No notes. You can get ready for all of the draft drama with Locked On's Mock Draft Special. Hear from the local experts for each NFL pick and local college experts on the players being picked. That's Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. Catch it on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel or on your favorite podcast app. And finally, the Boston Bruins love their goalie. After stopping 41 of 43 shots hurled at him on Sunday during Boston's 6-2 route of the Florida Panthers, Bruins goalie Linus Olmark got called for a game misconduct. Almark wanted to fight Panthers' Matthew Kachuk. Multiple Bruins said after the game that Kachuk was getting under their skin and Olmark's reactions were well-received by the team. You know someone is agitating when the goalie wants to fight him and all of his teammates are like, yeah man, go for it. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will LeBron James and the Lakers push the Memphis Grizzlies to the brink of elimination? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.